White Winter, Chapter 3 Connor took a long slurp of Guinness, draining the pint which he'd been nursing throughout Oren's story. Then he wiped his mouth and suppressed a burp, the embodiment of the harsh winter. Oren closed his eyes. Aye, that's some story. I know. And you're sure it wasn't a cat? A cat? Oren asked. I heard they can get really big up in the student areas, especially after getting into the rubbish and eating all the leftover super noodles. I knew you'd laugh. I'm not laughing. At least, I'm not laughing on the outside, and I think I should get a lot of credit for that. Connor, I said slowly. What? He asked. That story took a lot for Oren to tell. Can't you see that? Both Katie and Sophie gazed at him, and finally he had the good grace to wilt under all the attention. He even had the additional awareness to look abashed. I wasn't laughing. Nobody spoke for a while. The rest of the bar also became muted, as if everyone was observing a moment's silence for the late Raymond Porter. I noted that, while Fox's was usually packed during the entire month of December, there was plenty of space about tonight. Barely anyone was standing, and there were still some free tables and booths. Heck, even Milo and Terence, who were usually sweating, under pressure, and moving from pump to pump, were able to lark about and join in with the conversations. Did that really happen? Sophie finally asked. Oren glanced at her, as if relieved to have anyone ask that question. Yeah, it really did. I believe you. She leaned in and opened her mouth, as if to add something else to that sentiment, but Connor threw up his hands and said, Well there you go, there you have it folks. Everyone believes Oren because his story is so plausible and realistic. Let's all act like it's not insane. Let's act like I'm the dickhead for questioning it. I was about to chastise him again, but all of a sudden I was struck by a monster migraine. I keeled over. It was as if someone had taken to my head with a cricket bat. I massaged my temples, trying to ease some of the pressure. I felt like it might crack open like a melon if I failed to hold it together. Uh, are you alright Gracie? Orn said. Aye, I said stiffly. Are you sure? You look like you're about to puke, Connor said. When I gazed up at Connor, ready to allay his concerns, or perhaps comment on how he wasn't looking much better. I saw it. His face was a charred red ruin, wet and glistening, stripped of its skin. I gasped and reeled back, jolting our table with my knee, so much so that I would have spilt some drinks were they not already down so low. That drew about plenty of attention from the rest of the bar. People were glaring now, as if losing patience with this rowdy bunch who were disturbing their pleasant evening. What? Connor asked pawing at his own face, which had returned to its usual peach pallor. I'm not that ugly, am I? I thought that was a pretty standard reaction to see in your face, Oren said. It's not that, I said. I just thought... I trailed off. Suddenly the relationship between thoughts and words had become all muddied. Thought that you'd seen a ghost, Sophie said. I twisted my head to stare at her. A ghost? Is that what you would call it? It's nothing. I snapped, perhaps a touch too sharply. I just have a bit of a sore head. Give me a second and I'll be right back with you. 
I stumbled through the cluster of people who were all ordering their drinks from the bar. Most of them were staring at me with concern. I arrived into the women's toilets and considered locking myself into one of the cubicles, but thus far, my stomach felt absolutely fine. I held myself steady on one of the sinks and glanced up into the mirror. I nearly fell back as I saw that, just as Connor's face had been, mine was all blackened, bleeding and red with the skin seared away. Only now, there were curling flames in the background, racing up the walls and consuming the wooden cubicles. I blinked hard, like someone becoming lucid within a nightmare and attempting to force their body to wake up. That seemed to do the trick, as everything shortly returned to normal. The door opened and in popped Katie behind me. I was relieved to note that her face was unharmed, neither charred nor red. Hey Grace, are you alright? I'm alright, I said stiffly. My heart was pounding as I tried to work out what had just happened. A fury struck me so immediately that I gave it voice. Do you believe in visions and things? Visions? She asked curiously. Like, do you reckon that people can see into the future? Or, I don't know, get a sense for oncoming danger? You mean like Spidey Sense? Christ, I was describing Spidey Sense, wasn't I? Katie's forehead creased under the weight of heavy concern. Why, Grace, have you been seeing something? I shook my head emphatically. Not me, no. I'm just asking, like, in general. Her frown deepened as she scanned me over. Maybe you're just tired. You probably need some rest. Yeah, that's probably it. I feel like if I put my head down, I'd sleep forever and ever. She placed a hand on my shoulder. Then she stared at that hand. Did she feel something in me? Was she receiving residual visions? Was her spidey sense tingling too? I gazed into her eyes, which were as green as the hills of Donegal. You're different, so you are. The corners of her eyes crinkled as she smiled softly. There was such tenderness in that smile. I was relieved to see that, because part of me had wondered if she was mad at me, or if she was distant for some reason. Do you reckon? Yeah, I don't know what's happened since we last spoke, but there's something I can't quite put my finger on. And come to think of it, when had we last spoke? We were best friends, but it felt like a while to me. Far too long. It made me sad, since we were inseparable as kids. I stared into her eyes again. Maybe it was something in them. Now you're starting to sound like Oren. God, I'm not that bad, am I? Don't worry about it, Grace, okay? The truth is, I have changed a lot since we last spoke. A lot has happened. But I'm also the exact same Katie that you knew. Underneath the new layers. I promise. Okay. I said, then resumed to say, You can talk about your life some if you want. You don't have to be all secret agent or whatever. Same goes to you. Fair enough. I glanced into the mirror and saw that the flames were gone and remained gone. Thank goodness. I was about to speak again when suddenly Katie pulled me into a tight embrace. She whispered, It really is so good to see you all, you know. I'm so pleased. Tears welled up in my eyes, partly in reaction to the emotion in her voice, partly because of how I felt myself. Sometimes you don't realise how much you need a good hug until you're pulled into one. It's good to see you too. When she let go, I laughed. What was that for anyway? I never knew you to be much of a hugger. I guess I really am different, 
in some ways. Come on, I said. Let's get back to those yahoos before they cause a disaster. Yeah, the balance of sensibility tends to tip too far into the weird side when we leave the group. That's one way to put it. And as if to confirm this sentiment, when we re-entered the main bar, we found that many of the clientele were now belting out White Christmas. Just like the ones I used to know. Connor shouted out as he stretched his arms out as passionately as if he were at a football match. It's about damn time they played one of the classics in here, Oren said. I thought you liked hipster jazz, Katie said. Sometimes it gets exhausting being so sophisticated. Occasionally, I want to turn off my brain and sing along with the drunken plebs. He motioned to Connor, who was almost roaring out the lyrics at this stage. Are you okay? Sophie asked me. Yeah, I said, but from the corner of my eye, I saw that people who'd previously been sitting down were now all standing and singing, with their arms linked around each other. Beyond them was an open fire, with curling flames and an intense heat radiating out from it. It was no longer so comfy, I thought. I saw the tinsel up over the fireplace. I saw the trees just next to it. I saw all the wooden tables. I saw the puddles of alcohol all over the bar top, the tabletops, and soaked into people's clothing. And I wondered how long it would take for this entire place to ignite, were an errant coal to be coughed out of the furnace. I gazed back at our table and saw that Oren was putting on his gloves. Cold? I inquired. We were just chatting while you were in the bathroom, and I said I thought that maybe I should head on, to get a jump start on tomorrow. I have to be Santa for Corey and Kyle, remember? And if he's getting a taxi, then I might as well hop in one too, since I'm only another couple of miles up the road, Sophie said. And I was hoping for an early one tonight too, to be honest, Connor said. Katie froze, becoming as rigid as a board. Her face was a death mask. You're not serious, are you? You've all only just got here. Yeah, we've only had the one drink, I said. That's not like us. To be honest, I'm happy to leave it at one tonight, Connor said. The main thing was getting to see everyone. I didn't know whether to be disappointed or to be impressed by his maturity. Who was this fella and what had he done with the Connor who'd headbutted the stop sign in the middle of Fitzpatrick Street that one time? Oh, so now that that box is ticked, you think you can just abandon us? I was doing that thing where you're telling a joke, and even trying to convince yourself that you're telling a joke, but everyone is also aware that you're being partly serious. It's been great and all, but I don't think anyone wants to spend Christmas Eve hungover again this year, Sophie said. You all know how my sister feels about my drinking. Of course, I said, finally relenting, realising that I was being too needy. Often with nights out, the main issue was that you built up an image of all the fun you were about to have, and when that image didn't quite come to fruition, or others had conflicting ideas for that same night, there arrived frustration. I had since learned, as an adult, that you were best just letting those images dissolve. People had their own autonomy, and it simply wasn't my place to force them into something. But Katie seemed immensely troubled. They all tried their phones, but as was the usual within Foxes, they were all receiving shit reception. Connor often liked to joke that the walls were probably lined with lead to keep the asbestos company. Oren did the usual and shouted, Oi, Terence, any chance of a taxi? Terence, who was sipping on a non-alcoholic Guinness, who was quite used to this request arriving in, located the landline residing behind the bar. Once he was on it, he counted each of them. Five of you, 
Will you be needing a seven-seater then? Oren looked about everyone. I nodded and Katie did the same, albeit very reluctantly. It was clear that she wanted to stay on it even more than I did. Again, that wasn't like her. She had always been the most fond of an early night, curled up with a hot water bottle, weighted duvet, and a good book. Preferably, Oren said. Terence spoke into the phone. After dispatch responded, he pressed it to his chest. Taxis are scarce tonight. It'll take at least an hour to send any out, and it'll have to be two separate cars, since they have no seven-seaters on. Oren addressed the table at large. Well, what do we think? Will we try another taxi firm, or will we just take our oil and book it? I suppose it'd be a good compromise, Sophie said. One more hour of hanging out, but we'll also be back home early. True, I said. Sure, you couldn't whack that. An hour, Connor said. Suppose we could all squeeze in a couple more drinks at least in that time. Oi, Oren said. I'll have none of this couple of drinks chat from you. You'll have six more stout and you'll be pleased about it. Oh, if you insist, Connor said. Aye, stay another hour, Katie suggested. What could it hurt? Go ahead and book them, Terence, Oren called. Sure, if you all get the first taxi together, I'll get the second, Connor said. You can't be doing that. You'll be out of fortune, Sophie said. If I paid my fair share, it'd come out the same amount anyway. Like, I'm so out of the way that dropping you all off first doesn't chalk off much distance from my trip. That's what you get for living out in the sticks, Oren said. Don't be jealous I'm living out in God's country and you're still in this shithole. I feel dirty even drinking in it. He gave a shudder. They all settled in for another round. Katie insisted on buying the pints and paying for the mugs of mulled wine and could not otherwise be dissuaded. We'll have to owe you one, Sophie said. Now, now, Katie said. When I was poor and struggling, you all bought me loads of drinks. Just see this as me beginning to pay back that debt. Cheers to that, Oren said. When we all clinked our glasses, Connor pressed his pint to his lips and almost annihilated half his Guinness in one go. He sat it down with a thump. He had a big, white foam moustache as he said, Ah, now that's the good stuff. Uh, you've got something on your nose, Sophie said, motioning. Where? Connor asked, before smudging it with his palm so that it spread to his cheeks too. Yeah, you got it, Oren said. Connor grinned. Right, does anyone else have any ghost stories to tell while we wait? He'd framed it as a joke, but it caused some degree of awkwardness around the table. The rest of the bar were now singing along to Silent Night. Several grown men could be witnessed, shiny-eyed and sniffling. I kept on hearing that fire popping and crackling in the background. Spidey sense, I thought. How silly. Sophie was the first to break the spell. All she did was clear her throat, but that was enough to cause everyone to look at her. You have one, don't you? Oren said. She shifted in her chair, uncomfortable. I might do. You do, Oren said. And you were about to tell us about it until Knobhead over there interrupted you. Oi, Connor said. The knob's on my head, not on my ears. An idea lodged itself into my mind, that what I saw might not have been visions of the future, but may have been possible threats from an angry entity, and that in telling his story, Oren had opened the door to a bad place, and in through that door entered an evil presence. I wondered if Sophie, in adding to that story, would open that door again, and thus allow in more, similar bad presences.
Or would it feed the one currently among us? The one currently stuck in my head? No, that's ridiculous, I told myself. Is it? I argued back. I couldn't quite make up my mind. I felt tense. Stiff. Uh, you know, you don't have to tell us about it if you don't want to. She was staring into her drink, contemplative, as if a movie were playing on its surface. Instead of taking a swig, she pushed it away. No, I think I'm ready to talk about it.